Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Joshua with this message entitled, When We Don't Pray. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Joshua chapter 9. Now here's our Bible teacher and pastor, P.G. Matthew. We praise you and thank you for delivering us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of your dear son. And we praise you and thank you for causing your spirit to indwell us. And this Holy Spirit guides us truly in the way of your word. Therefore, help us this morning to walk in the way of truth. So, oh God, help us to make decisions based on your truth and your guidance. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. When we don't pray, that is the title, when we don't pray. We are talking about what happens when we don't pray. We make wrong decisions. We are deceived. When we don't pray, the leaders fail the people. And so this chapter, the entire chapter, is speaking about the utter failure of the leaders of Israel. How they were deceived by the people of the world. And it is written for our warning and for our learning. And if we pay attention to this, then we don't have to be deceived. We don't have to make wrong decisions and endure its consequences in our own life and in the lives of generations to come. So ninth chapter of Joshua speaks of the failure of Israel's leaders. Joshua failed. The princes of the tribes failed. The priest failed. The elders failed. They failed the people because they did not pray to the Lord for guidance. They did not consult the word of God carefully. What happens when you don't pray and when you don't abide in the word of God? We are deceived by Satan's devices. We make wrong decisions. We make rash decisions. And we must then live with these serious and destructive consequences of those wrong decisions. Fathers, mothers, teachers, elders, and all leaders pay special attention. Everyone who is called upon to make decision pay careful attention to this chapter. Then you shall be able to make correct 
decisions, bringing blessings, not only to yourselves, but all those who are under your leadership. Remember the Lord's counsel to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 9. He was to lead Israel into Canaan and to give them rest by defeating all the enemies, the Canaanites. He was to be strong, we are told, and courageous. He was not to be terrified or discouraged. He was not to turn from the scripture to the right or to the left. He was to obey the whole word of God. He was to meditate upon the word and be careful to do everything written. Then he would be successful, the Lord said to him, in all his undertakings. The ark is with him. The priest is with him. The book of the law was with him. The Lord was with him. He was just to hear and do the will of God. And yet he failed. And we want to look at two failures of Joshua. Not just one, but two of them. And then we will point out the success of a greater Joshua who did not fail. So the first failure of this great leader Joshua, I say he failed to seek the will of God even before his encounter with the Gibeonites. He failed to seek the will of God in his fight against I, the city of I. Recall the story of I. I literally means the heap, the ruin. It is small and insignificant. So Joshua sent spies who brought the report about I, as we read in chapter 7, 3 through 5. We are not told Joshua inquired of the Lord. We are not told that. We are not told the captain of the Lord's host was consulted. Remember, he with the drawn sword was with Joshua. But Joshua listened to the report of the spies and made decisions. Well, what did the spies say? Turn to Joshua chapter 7 and verse 3. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people will have to go up against I. Send two or three thousand men to take it. And do not weary all the people, for only a few men are there. We are more eager to hear from people than from God. We as Christians confess Jesus Christ is Lord. We are servants of Jesus Christ. And we ought to say like Samuel, speak Lord, your servant, hear and do. Yet in reality, often we act as though we are Lord's self-determining beings. We hear and do our own desires. 
Then we think we have done the will of God. The spies report was not the will of God. The will of God was the exact opposite of what the spies said. As revealed in chapter 8 of Joshua. Turn to it, let me read verse 1 and 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack I, for I have delivered it into your hands. The king of I, his people, his city, and his land. The spies said, Take two or three thousand. It's a small place. Don't weary everybody. Let other people take rest. Sounds very nice. But it was not the will of God. The Lord wants every Christian to be engaged in battle against the flesh, the world, and the devil every day of our lives. At times... Even our prayer, our inquiry to the Lord is simply an expression of our own carnal desires. We want the Lord to agree with our plan. Remember, Abraham, the father of all believers in the 17th chapter of Genesis, the Lord said to Abraham that he was going to give him a son. In his old age. A son through old. And shriveled up. And barren Sarah. That was the Lord said. I'll give you a son. And Genesis 17, 18. Abraham is praying to God. Inquiring of course. If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Make my plan your plan. At times, we would rather God alter his own eternal plan and accept our plan instead. And we call it prayer. Have you prayed about this? Yes, pastor. I told God what he should do. But God does all things, we are told, according to the counsel of his own sovereign will. We are to know, we are, to, we are called to know that will and do that will. We are to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. We are to pray, not my will, but thine be done. We are to deny ourselves and take up the cross and follow him daily. There is the first failure of Joshua. But that was not the only failure and we see a second failure in chapter 9 and that failure is specifically stated in the scripture by the Holy Spirit just a few miles southwest of Ai was the city of Gibeon modern El Jib Gibeonites were Hivites whose iniquity was full and overflowing. 
They were to be exterminated. As we read in chapter 3 verse 10 of this book of Joshua. They were to exterminate all of them. As they did to the people of Jericho and I. It was the will of God. Let's turn to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7. And let me read it to you the divine rationale for such extermination. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations. They are numbered here. The Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites. See, Gibeonites were Hivites. And Jebusites, seven nations larger and stronger than you. And when the Lord your God has delivered them over to you and you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. Notice, make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. Do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods and the Lord's anger will burn against you and will quickly destroy you. This is what you ought to do to them. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, cut down their Asherah poles, and burn their idols in the fire, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. There it is, the rationale for the extermination of these people whose iniquity was full and overflowing. In other words, they were not to be compassionate toward Hivites of Gibeon. And the scripture specifically prohibited making any covenant with them. Exodus 23, 32, 34, 12, and Deuteronomy 7 and verse 2. And Joshua was to read the word of God and obey all the scriptures. Do not turn to the right or to the left of it. Joshua was not permitted to adjust the scripture. He was not to turn to the right or to the left of the scripture. He was to obey all scripture. The Gibeonites were neighbors. And they were able to deceive Joshua and all leaders of Israel into thinking that they had come from a very far country. And so were entitled to the favor of peace as recorded in Deuteronomy 20 verse 10 and 11. Let's turn to that passage to find the basis for this deception. Deuteronomy 20, beginning with verse 10. When you march up to attack a city, that is city that is far from Canaan. When you march up to attack a city, makes its people an offer of peace. And if they accept and, and open their gates, all the people in it shall be subject to forced labor and shall work for you. In other words, they will be spared. They believe. And this is what the Gibeonites wanted 
to do. They pretended to be from a far country in order to be safe and be saved. And they were able to deceive mighty Joshua, able to deceive the 12 princes of Israel and the elders of Israel. Every single leader failed, deceived. What caused these fine leaders to be deceived? They failed to walk by faith in the word of God. They lived by sight. They failed to pay attention to the truth that we find later in scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. They fail to understand that reality is not just material. If reality is just material, we only need sensory perception. And we depend on sensory perception every day. We take some meat to cook and we notice it smells bad. And what do we do? We throw it away. But all realities are not material so that we can apply sensory perception testing of smell, taste, touch, hearing and seeing and so on. There is a spiritual reality that we must understand. There is God, angels, devil, demons, and so on. There is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Paul says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Elsewhere, he says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ also Saint Paul tells us for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. St. Paul says, we are not ignorant of Satan's stratagems. But Joshua and the leaders were ignorant of the stratagems of the Gibeonites. They were next door neighbors destined to be destroyed by God because of their own wickedness 
They are enemies of the people of God. Yet here comes a delegation of the Gibeonites. They used deliberately trickery. They tried to fool the leaders and they succeed. And it is going on even now every day. I don't speak about the leaders of the world. I'm speaking about the leaders of the church being fooled and deceived by the Gibeonites. They came with worn out sacks and old wineskins cracked and mended so that you will arrive at this understanding truly these people are coming from a long distance. They wore patched sandals. They wore old threadbare clothes deliberately. The bread was dry and moldy and crumbling. Not only that, they said we come from a very far country. Please make a treaty with us. Yes, Joshua and other leaders questioned them. But they did not question them closely. The Gibeonites never gave their nationality or name of their country, if you read it. They carefully ingratiated themselves to the Israelites, feeding their pride. We are your servants, we are your servants, we are your servants. Your God is great and we heard his fame. Then finally, the leaders were asked to verify the truth of their statement by tasting the bread. Verse 12, it says, Behold, behold, look at it. Taste it. And it will prove that we have come from a distant land. And you read it in verse 14. They submitted to their test and they ate it. And were satisfied. The leaders tasted their bread and they were convinced. And they made a treaty with them in the name of the Lord. A treaty which was inviolable. Yes, as I said, they interrogated them, questioned them. Yes, they tasted their bread. But what is the one thing they did not do? They did not inquire of the Lord. So they interrogated, they tasted their bread, they heard their fabricated story, they saw their worn out clothes and sandals, and they probably even smelled the bread. They did all this, yet the Holy Spirit tells us in chapter 9 verse 14, they did not do the one thing they should have done. Isn't that true of us? When we make serious decisions, they will do everything but what? To speak to the one who is in the know. The men of Israel sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord. There it is. The key failure of their leadership. What a fatal flaw in leadership. Leaders acting by their own understanding. 
leaders failing to inquire of the Lord whose mission they are on. And listen to the pathetic story of this mighty leader, Joshua. Listen to it. Chapter 9 and verse 22. You feel sorry for this man. Then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said, Why did you deceive us? Sad. The question should be, Why am I deceived? Why did you deceive us? You are not to be deceived. The answer is you are deceived because you did not pay attention to the scripture and you did not inquire of the Lord. There is always Gibeonites in the world. There is always temptation in the world. There is always the flesh and the devil in the world. And we cannot be immune to temptations and deception. Remember prophet Samuel. How he almost anointed Eliab. Son of Jesse asking as king. Read First Samuel 16. Samuel said to the Lord. Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. He was convinced. He was ready to pour out the oil and anoint him as king of Israel. But verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel. Do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have what? Rejected him. Samuel says, he is the man. God says, he is not the man. I have rejected him. Do you understand how terrible it is to be fooled? And then you make decision. And live with the consequence. Not only you, but all people under you. And the generations to come. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. And now comes the principle. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. And then the Lord explains man looks at the outward appearance. How many times we have made decisions based simply on outward appearance. Hunk of a man. What more you want? But the Lord looks at the heart. And in 2 Samuel 7, we read how David desired to build a temple for God. And prophet Nathan told David, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. 2 Samuel 7. And as he left, the Lord spoke to Nathan. David is not to build the temple. You see, a prophet can misconstrue and misjudge. A leader can make wrong decisions. Nathan told David, go ahead and build. God says to David, don't build. It is not a little difference. It is total how often we are impressed by sight 
impressed by deceptive appearances and say this is the Lord's will when it is not the will of God the will of God was the exact opposite we need wisdom we need wisdom from above and James tells us if any one of you lacks wisdom he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him what we need is wisdom from above so that we may not be fooled by appearance and deceptions and stratagems of the Gibeonites of the world and of the church in Psalm 106 verse 13 we read but they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel hey we don't need God anymore (laughs) we have come a long way in the olden times we needed a little little help here and a little help there but now we are not wobbly anymore we can stand on our own feet and we make our own judgment without inquiring of the Lord this was the failure of Joshua and the leaders they did not inquire of the Lord they preferred to walk by sight by smell by appearance by taste he failed first Joshua and leaders failed to fully consult the scripture and obey its guidance. Turn to Numbers 27 and verse 21. There is clear direction given to Joshua how he should receive guidance when he needed guidance in matters not revealed in the scripture. Numbers 27 and verse 21. He is to stand before Eliezer Joshua is to stand before Eliezer the priest to obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord there it is specific guidance given in the Pentateuch which he had that when you needed guidance you can call Eliezer the priest and he has the means by which to receive guidance did he do that he did not do that probably he didn't read the book second he failed to consult the priest the priest is there with him with the ark the priest has the book he failed to consult the priest who was there with the ark of the presence of the lord the priest had Urim and Tumim devices by which to find the will of God he failed to make use of this divine provision for guidance why bother I know which way to go it's so easy I know it why do I have to go to God and to the Bible when the decision is so clear direction is so clear centuries later we are told David inquired of the Lord and received guidance let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30 in other words 
David used this provision. He was in deep trouble. The enemies came and took away his wives and children and all that story. First Samuel 30, verse 7 and 8. Then David said to Abiathar, he was the priest, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. We are told in Deuteronomy chapter 8, we are told we are to live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We are not to rely on our own understanding. Even when we think the direction is so certain and so clear, we better go to God. It may be not that certain. He may have something to tell you which will be the exact opposite of what you thought. Joshua and the elders were duped because they would not seek the objective will of God. Neither did the priest come to Joshua and elders and counsel them to seek the will of God in this matter. He should have done it, but he didn't. God would know whether the Gibeonites are neighbors or from the distant land. What a failure. What a tragedy. How terrible it is to make decisions based on carnal understanding. And thirdly, the success of a greater Joshua. We are not to believe every spirit. We are to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. St. John tells us, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. See, this is a spiritual world. There are good spirits and bad spirits. In the book of Galatians, we are told not to believe a different gospel, though preached by an angel or by St. Paul himself. And he says, let him be anathema. Translator, let him go to hell. You are not to be naive and gullible. The church of Ephesus refused to believe the claims of the false prophets. They proved them to be frauds. And Christ commended them for their critical understanding of the gospel. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And listen to what St. Paul is saying. Beginning with verse 13. Listen to it. For such men are false apostles, deceitful men. We are talking about people in the church and the leaders of the church. The Gibeonites are in the church. Masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. You understand that? In the church! Gibeonites are in the church. Deceiving the people who are gullible. Turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. 
and verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on God. Ephesians 5 verse 6, let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you. Let's listen to the Lord Jesus himself, Matthew 24. Let me point out certain scriptures, Matthew 24 and verse 4. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. How you watch out? By being a good student of the scriptures. And by walking in the truth. And by praying to Christ so that you will not be fooled. Watch out. Watch and pray. Lest ye come into temptation. Jesus said, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am Christ. And will deceive many. And verse 11 of Matthew 24. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And chapter 24 and verse 24. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles. To deceive even the elect if that were possible. Not only they are giving you moldy bread. They will perform signs, wonders, miracles. And the naive and the gullible will be deceived. We are to watch and pray. And we are to pray always for everything. We are to pray according to the word. We are to do nothing without the Lord's direction. Let's turn to two verses which are principles we must live by. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31 so whether you eat or drink this is something we do every day isn't it now apostle Paul is citing these two activities to refer to the entire life and all aspects of life so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of God and how can we do our own thing and pretend we did it for the glory of God? He receives glory only when we do what he is directing us to do. Or turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 and verse 17. Listen to this principle. And whatever you do, and this time, whether in word or deed, word, deed, standing for whole of life activities of all of our life whether word or deed do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus by his authority by his revelation giving thanks to God the Father through him eat, drink speak, act for his glory by his authority by his revelation so that you can give thanks to God for what you did every aspect of our life should be lived for the glory of God nothing exempt this is what Jesus is Lord means this is what to follow Jesus means the mighty Joshua was deceived and yielded to temptation if this is so 
then we are not immune to deception do not do anything without earnest inquiring of the lord and receiving guidance from him now let me read to you what uh, alan redpath said in his book on joshua cited by boyce in his book on joshua listen to this very carefully listen to it never 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 trust your own judgment in anything when common sense says that a course is right lift your heart to god for the path of faith and the path of blessing may be in a direction now listen completely opposite to that which you call common sense when voices tell you that action is urgent that something must be done immediately refer everything to the tribunal of heaven then if you are still in doubt dare to stand still if you are called on to act and you have not time to pray don't act if you are called on to move in a certain direction and cannot wait until you have peace with god about it don't move be strong enough and brave enough to dare to stand and wait on god for none of them that wait on him shall ever be ashamed that is the only way to outmatch the devil wrong decisions brothers and sisters have consequences disastrous consequences we have to live with these consequences in this life the bible says be not deceived god is not mocked what you sow that you shall reap and your wrong decision it's not only affect you but all under your leadership your wife your children and it goes on for generation look at the wrong decision of adam and eve and its disastrous consequences look at the wrong decision of david and the sword did not depart from his house remember the stupid decision of lot who chose for himself grass and brought tragedy for himself and for his generations remember the wrong decision of joshua which brought about murmuring and disunity first time in israel the gibeonites lived among them as a source of temptation and snare but i say there was a greater joshua even our lord jesus he was tempted yet he triumphed in it he always did the will of god he said it is written and he meant it he rebuked peter who counseled him not to die on the cross he prayed not my will but thine be done he went to the cross he died in our place he was not deceived praise be to god therefore we are saved and everyone who trust in him shall be saved the question today is have you trusted in him then rejoice 
you have a strong and sure guide to guide you every step of the way. If you have not trust in him today, and you shall rejoice forever, and he shall guide you every step of the way. He shall keep you from deception. Give you a few things that you can think about so that you will not be a failure and a flunky and making stupid decisions. And the first thing is abide in the scriptures. Be a great student of the scriptures. Be steeped in God's truth. Everyone who fails to do that shall fall away from God. Number two, pray earnestly to God to hear God's will. And in everything pray. Big things and small things. And don't you pray. Let Ishmael live. God is not there to stamp his approval on our subjective desires. And be willing to hear the exact opposite of what we want to do. Number three. Oppose all stratagems of the Gibeonites. And do so by the spirit of God that dwells in you. First, antinomianism. Whenever you hear antinomianism, reject it. And the corollary of antinomianism, which is Gnosticism, subjectivism. I heard it. I feel it. You go to hell with your subjectivism. Get rid of hate, crazy Christian music. Unchristian music that will take you to hell. Reject feel good preaching that entertains you and soothes you but never save you. Reject false signs and wonders ministries of the Gibeonites designed to re- deceive the gullible. Reject health, wealth, and political power theology. It will never get you to heaven. Reject worship that replaces preaching of the word of God. And it is rampant all over this country. Do not fellowship with those who are mixed multitude. Those who have no desire to walk in the word of God and in the way of obedience. What fellowship has Christ with Belial? Do not uncritically trust media and advertisements, including Christian media and advertisements. They are there to beguile you. Do not make decisions, especially in the following matters, without earnest inquiry of the Lord. About your education. You pray and ask God. And I have seen a lot of people getting educated. It didn't mean anything. And it has become useless. Because they just give expression to their funny feelings. They cannot make a dime. Marriage. It's a serious issue. Two people. One is good looking. Or ten the other just average but the difference is one loves God the other has nothing to do with God 
And if you trust in appearance, you will make a wrong decision. The consequences will be disastrous. Job situation. You need to pray earnestly about it. What job to receive? What job not to take? What church you should be a member of? And the gullible and the naive shall be deceived by the Gibeonites. And choose that church that is committed to the scriptures and the preaching of the scriptures. And that administers properly the sacraments and exercises discipline. Don't choose a church because they have a youth program. They have a basketball court. That's it. Do you have a basketball court? Then I will come to your church. And when people come to church seeking membership leaders, examine them carefully and see whether they are Gibeonites or they are serious about walking with Christ. And when they get the funny feeling that you want to get out of the church, you pray, seek the Lord. Because that decision can be destructive of you when you do it on your own reasons and initiative. That's why I should be careful whom we admit. Don't be fooled by somebody's yes and amen to every proposition. Expenditures of time and money. You and I have no freedom to spend our time and money the way we want it. It is the Lord's time. It is the Lord's money. Therefore, you must be directed by God to expend your time and expend your money for the glory of God and in the name of the Lord. Where to live? Geography. You ask God where to live. See, American spirit is... You live in one place, you pick up and move to another place and some other place because I got two more dollars or I got a little promotion. That's it. It has nothing to do with where God wants me to. And I discovered, brothers and sisters, we don't need too much money to live. Keep this in mind. Make correct decisions. Pray. Don't be a failure. Especially leaders, when you fail, You fail a lot of people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to live the way your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, lived. He always did the will of God. Never did his own will. He did always all things for the glory of God and in the name of God. And so, God, help us to follow him every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio with this message entitled, When We Don't Pray. Come back again soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.